You're listening to the Sound Defense Alliance podcast. Welcome back to the Sound Defense Alliance podcast. I'm Tara here with my co-host, Caitlin. The goal of this podcast is to educate, raise awareness about, and inspire action around the growler jet noise issue in Northwest Washington. We are 10 episodes in, and in this episode, we're going to hear from several guests about the negative impacts that the jets have on children. First, we are going to hear from Dr. Edmund Sito, an Associate Professor of Environmental and Occupational Health Sciences at the University of Washington, and audiologist Marianne Burbanski about the impacts that growler jet noise has on children's learning. It's really well known that children do not learn well in noisy environments. When it's noisy in a classroom or at home, there's problems with communication and, and speech intelligibility. Children who work in classrooms in noisy neighborhoods don't perform well on standardized tests. And so if you don't sleep well, you don't perform well on standardized tests. That's one impact. That's a direct impact. But, you know, you think about lost productivity. If you don't sleep well, then you don't work well the next day. So there's lost productivity and other downstream impacts of of those immediate outcomes. Cognitively, children don't learn as well under a noisy environment, which is, is really important. And they fly right over Poopville, right over the schools. So these kids are getting disrupted in the classroom every eight to 10 minutes with the noise coming around. Well, it may not at the time feel like it's bothering them, but the kids are not getting the full potential of the education that they deserve. To further illustrate these impacts, local farmer and parent Juliana Perdue shares how the growler jet noise impacts her 10-year-old son's experience at school. He has a very different experience with it than I do, of course. He talked about school and sometimes at school it's hard to hear with, especially now with uh, with COVID protocols and having windows open. If the jets are flying, it's difficult to hear in the classroom and pay attention. There have been times when I've gone to pick him up from school and they've literally been flying directly over the elementary school and you see kids out, you know, holding their ears and he's got sensitive ears. So he is definitely a, a child who, when he, when he hears that loud noise, he does cover his ears. He said it's impacted him being able to be outside and play when the jets are flying and also sleep. It's really difficult to, if they fly late into the night and then he has school the next morning, it definitely impacts how his day progresses at school for sure. Kids have a hard enough time concentrating and they really do not need the added challenge of these jets flying overhead and disrupting their learning. There are many studies that find that students who experience noisy disruptions like growler noise face impeded language and learning skills. A landmark study on the impact of noise on children by environmental psychologist Dr. Arlene Bronzaft in Inwood, New York, found that noise from passing trains had significant impacts on students' learning. In this study, Trains passed very close to one side of the school, and Dr. Bronzoft found that students on the noisy side of the school were nearly a year behind in reading, and that 11% of the classroom time was lost. This data was used to persuade officials to put rubber padding on the tracks near the school and to put acoustic tiling on classroom ceilings. A study after these changes showed that children on both sides of the school were reading at the same level. The decibel level of trains in New York City are around 72 to 76 decibels, and the growlers often operate at levels between 80 and 120 decibels. So the noise of the growlers surely has a similar or even worse impact on learning. 
I also can't imagine how these kids were impacted in the height of the COVID-19 pandemic when they were trying to learn online with jets potentially flying over their homes. And even when they went back to school with masks and were faced with trying to hear and understand their teachers or classmates with this added noise. Schools across the country are currently faced with a myriad of issues, from teacher shortages to ever-shrinking budgets. Chris Greeson, a resident of Lopez Island who prepared a climate impact testimony for a case against the Navy, shares about the cost of the Growler program compared to the money that is going into our schools. I was a director of the school board for here on Lopez at the Lopez Public School for four years. And my kids have gone to the school and have just graduated. And I went to the school when I was a kid. And it's been, especially as a school board director, I got to see the inside, kind of the financial challenges that public schools in the United States face. And it's, it's, it's really bleak. We have a budget crisis, thanks to, in particular, some changes that the, the legislators in, in Olympia made. And it just costs a lot more money to run a good school in a, in a small island than the state and, and the federal government is willing to pay. And so it got so bad in 2019 that we lost a couple of teachers and we had to combine grades in elementary school and we essentially lost our history department for a year and, and lost our Spanish teacher. And if you contrast that to, to the growler costs, right? So they, each, each airplane costs, according to the selected acquisition report, costs $83 million. One airplane, yeah, $83 million. So, so 160 of them is $13 billion. And then if you look at the additional operations and support costs that include fuel and associated staffing and so forth, it's $303 million per aircraft over the course of its lifetime. And then there's additional costs to dispose the aircraft after it's, and their, their rated lifetime is, is like 9,000 hours. So, so if you spread the costs over 9,000 hours, this works out to, in 2016 dollars, $43,000 an hour. Or if you, you adjust that for inflation to 2022, it's like $53,000 an hour. And, and here, you know, here I was as a school board, volunteer school board director, trying to find money to be able to hire teachers. And, and so like just a, a few hours of, of flying a growler would have allowed us to, you know, keep our history department and keep, you know, one teacher for every grade in elementary school. And it's just, it's just amazing. I really can't emphasize enough how important education is and how it is beyond concerning how schools can't even fund a history department, a core subject. While one growler costs roughly $53,000 an hour to fly, like Chris said, it's pretty bleak. Unfortunately, kids aren't only impacted by the jets at school, but they're also affected by the noise when playing outside or doing outdoor work. Marianne is going to share more about the impacts on hearing health on kids playing sports, and then Juliana is going to share more about how her son has been impacted playing outside on their farm, and how the danger has led her and her husband to stop hiring young workers. How do you protect the child? You have to put hearing protection on them. But how can you have a kid going around with hearing protection at the outlying field playing softball while the jets are flying right over them? You know, and they have a whole bunch of kids running around, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, having a blast, and suddenly the jets are flying, but they're playing against another team. Well, they're not going to stop 
they're trying to cover one ear, but instinctively they're trying to protect themselves. Whereas those kids should be wearing ear protection the whole time that they're doing this. When my son, he's 10 now, when he was younger, you know, the ear protection and there came a point where we would just send him inside. But one of us would have to come in with him because you can't send a five-year-old inside by themselves. So it definitely had an impact on work. And also with having interns or farm employees, we uh, for a while were hiring younger kids, like 14, 15 years old. And there came a point where I just didn't feel comfortable if I'm sending my child inside. I didn't feel comfortable having somebody else's child outside working either with the noise or with the ear protection on, which made it hard to keep everybody in clear communication and safe. It's a shame that kids cannot do something as simple and important as play outside without the threat of these jets interrupting and potentially causing serious damage to their hearing. There's another very serious way that the Navy is impacting the health of children on Whidbey, and that's the contamination of water by PFAS chemicals found in a firefighting foam that has been used on the base at Oak Harbor and the outlying field in Coopville. These chemicals are dangerous to the health of all humans, but have an especially bad impact on children. Rick Abraham, who has been involved in efforts against these chemicals across the country and on Whidbey, explains the impact of these chemicals. There's a long list. Okay. Development effects to fetuses during pregnancy or to breastfed infants. Birth weight, accelerated puberty, skeletal variations, cancer, testicular and kidney, liver effects, immune effects, impair the ability to fight infections, especially among children. And that's one of the reasons the EPA lowered their health advisory level was because of the effects on children. Turns out they're not as protected by vaccines because of these. Interferes with the body's natural hormones, thyroid effects, increased cholesterol levels, and for young people, the uh, problems in the, in the development of genitals, sexual problems, all that's on the internet. Anyone can punch in and you'll find it. There's been numerous studies. Studies were done near an a installation in an Air Force base where they did blood testing and, and they found that people had a higher incidence of these uh, PFASs than background levels and especially children. And one of the levels was one of the PFASs that the town was not reporting for a long time in its PFHXS. That's what was found most in kids and it's linked to a bunch of health problems. And that's one of them that the people in town didn't know they were drinking. Children face serious health effects from Navy activities on Whidbey Island. And they simply should be able to do things like go to school, drink water, play outside, and more without risking their health and well-being. Parents, teachers, legislators, and more should be vested in protecting our most vulnerable and working towards a solution to the growler jet noise issue. Here's Juliana Purdue again with her hopes for the growler jet program. It would be wonderful if there were a less populated place for them to practice, because I do think what they're doing is important. When I see them flying over the hospital, over the schools, over residential areas, and I just think what could happen, it is it makes me heart sick to think about ugh, the impact that that could have if something were to go catastrophically wrong. The kids who are being affected by it, 
that's my main worry and concern. And so if there was some way to have it occur someplace where children wouldn't be impacted, I have neighbors who their kids can't play outside in the summer when they're flying because it's just too loud. So that's pretty awful that your child can't go out and play in their backyard. So I guess my perfect solution would be that they could fly somewhere that that wouldn't impact children and families. If you're interested in protecting the health of communities across the region, and especially the health and well-being of children, there are resources in the show notes for how you can get involved in the efforts against the growler jets. Thanks for listening.